Hey guys, welcome to the Skullcast for a very brief kind of breaking edition of our podcast. We are joined by Azil. Hey. Azil, myself, and many members of Skullnet.net and the internet have now seen the first episode of the new Berserk series. And it is uh, kind of a mess, is how I would summarize it. Everyone's, well, me and Azil at least have weighed in. Uh, If you want to read our thoughts in the thread, I'm assuming we're going to cover that in this podcast as well, but... We just wanted to have a really quick kind of like recap of our thoughts as fresh as we could on this episode. So, um, Azil, you want to start us out? General impressions. Where to start? I mean, it's a, we knew it was going to be a mess, and uh, it is. So, you know, I guess that's that. I think they made some bad choices. Like, I understand very clearly they need to uh, cut directly to the materials they want to address, which is a conviction arc. So, yeah, they're going to, you know, cut everything else and try to just introduce the characters and get right onto it. So I understand that. And I understand they probably have, like, no budget or whatever. But I think the way they went about it is uh, really not great. So it's, for example, the introduction of Isidro in the bar. Like, I think it's not at all faithful to his character. You know, to team up with thugs, like to be fooled by them and to be then harassed and beaten up. When he's introduced in the manga, uh, he actually fools some guys who are like uh, probably a step above these guys or at least the same level. So he actually fools them and steal from them. So, you know, like the core of his character, he's a thief. He's a clever, you know, he's got like some kind of street smarts. And here he's shown to be uh, kind of an idiot. So, yeah, I mean... It's- Not just an idiot, just like a really generic character. Like the thing about Isidro with his introduction was like he was sly, he was conniving. He would stupid, yeah. stupid anything to get what he wants. Like like what, what he brings to the table in terms of Berserk is his like strong personality and his like really mischievous you know, like actions, and none of that is present here. He may as well just be generic, like, young kid in the Berserk world. He just yeah. wants to be a strong swordsman, and that's literally all we get from him. So, Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm sure we'll get more. It's just a matter of, like you say, if they're going to introduce him, you may as well introduce him in the, in the, the best uh, fashion possible so that it enhances his character or sets him up for being an interesting character. Right now, he's just not. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's a problem in general with this <clears throat> this episode, and I think a lot of people, I mean, don't necessarily see that, but like the first impression is really important, and it it sets the tone for things to come. It sets the tone for many things. It also sets up some bases, uh, core tenets of the story of the world, things like that, and like that's the role that the Black Swordsman arc serves. Yeah. And, you know, even moving past that, uh, yeah, is it, I, I think they don't set things up very well. Like, even, for example, the fact uh, they don't reveal the Dragon Slayer during that fight at the bar. They wait, they keep it under the cloak and stuff to make it, like, mysterious and everything until he actually uses it. I don't know. I mean, to me, that felt unnecessary. And meanwhile, they spent like an hour showing him cooking. Like he buys rum, <laughs> you know. Like so, rum is made from sugar canes, which like don't grow in uh, the kind of environments we're shown here. So, like, there's just no way the guy has any rum. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And then he, I know, he makes a kind of flambe rabbit with the rum in in some pan. I mean, it just makes no sense. And it's at night, so guts at night. Instead mm-hmm. of being harassed by uh, specters and stuff, he's just eating conveniently. He's by his fire eating, and Puck comes around. So that scene is only there 
so that Puck can catch up to him because Puck has been falling for like five hours in the woods to say, hey, you shouldn't live like that after saving someone. It makes it makes no sense, you know. And and then he just puts out his fire and just moves on for no reason. And when he's actually attacked by specters, it's because it made sense in the context of the episode. But the problem is it doesn't make sense in the context of the uh, bigger story of the world itself. And, you, you know, just from that, you can already tell it's gonna, you know, there's going to be many problems because... These guys don't pay attention to the details that matter. You know, they get some stuff, they stick to the manga, the dialogue and stuff, but meanwhile, they ignore uh, some other parts which are uh, more important. Yeah, that's uh, that seems to be like the major point that me, you and I are differ on is actually interesting. I'm, I'm glad we actually have a little bit of a disagreement in terms of like the scope and the future of this thing because I think mm-hmm. I think this is the messiest portion of this adaptation, and of course, that's just my speculation i i feel like because they tried to basically create this hodgepodge bridge between previous stuff and the conviction arc they had to just make this like fabricated thing with this episode but that's behind us and i feel like they had to kind of like fill that material with a lot of weird choices but now they're on track to do relatively normal stuff and more straightforward stuff oh, in yeah. future episodes. Now they're on track to not feature the Beast of Darkness. Now that's going to be great. Hey, yeah. So they're also, they're also on track for Guts to uh, be defeated by uh, the Holy Iron Chen Knights while he's just fine. He's in full, uh, you know, full power. Well, no problem. The tree gave him a grievous wound. <laughs> yeah, they're going to capture it. So, you know, you know, I mean, okay. Just from what I said, we already know second episode is going to be messed up. Maybe from then on it'll be very faithful and stuff. But hey, I'm not even going so. that far as saying super faithful. More like it'll be more straightforward. That's all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it will be sure. I mean, you can't you can't do much more than because you know people say they've been summarizing, uh, you know, Black Souls Monarch and uh, Lost Children chapter, but that's not the case. They just used uh, elements of the mangas that they had conveniently uh, available. To uh, yeah, create that kind of I don't know, uh, you know, link between the movies and uh, and what they want to to do, which is a conviction arc. So it's just kind of a weird introduction. Yeah, they created a hodgepodge bridge from yeah. scraps of each section. And by Lost Children, really, it's just that guy and that tree, and that's that's it. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing. All even Black Smallsman. I mean, they, they got the the monk and Colette, and I guess the bar at the beginning, but it's. Like, you know, the, the part that's most actually faithful is the, the ride in the cart. And uh, it's just, I mean, that's not a part that matters that much. It's, it's important, but not that much. And they spend a lot of time on yeah. it, actually. I think because they want to create a kind of emotional connection with uh, Colette and when, when she's dead, you know. And, but, I mean, you can't just show that and not show everything else before and after it and, and, and have it make sense. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, the tree is another example. They use that tree, so they've got all these bandits, and they connect the bandits from volume 1 to volume 14, and they they use the guy from volume 14 that's, like, the lamest of them all, <laughs> and they make they made him the boss. So I mean, Which doesn't make any sense yeah, at all. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And then they've got the tree, who, like, in the manga, it becomes alive because Gut is here, yeah. and Gut is branded, and the brand you know, get the tree to come alive, that kind of stuff. And then, no, the tree just, I don't know, it's a—it's an evil tree that can move. So from the middle of the forest, it kills the guys, the, the bad guys, who are, we spend a lot of time being introduced to. and have They're coming, dialogue. they're coming, watch out, guys, they're coming. Oh, wait, they got eaten. Yeah, so, so they're just killed, and then the tree goes to guts. I don't know, so yeah, it, uh, the tree uh, just moved 
uh, I don't know, five miles to get to Guts. And then there's this fight that's like, it's a PS1 graphics, honestly. I mean, Jumping Flash or Crash Bandicoot had better <laughs> graphics than that. So, I'm, I mean, it's just terrible. And, uh, and it doesn't make sense. Guts is immediately uh, immobilized and about to be killed. And then he gets angry and destroys the tree. Like, he fires his cannon, but you don't, we don't get to see any damage. Well, he fires the cannon strictly to uh, get his sword back, to get access to his sword. Yeah. Then he falls. And then he opens a portal through time and space to slash yeah, him. Which I mean, is, God. I, I looked yeah. at that scene, like, two or three times, just that one little moment. Because, honestly, I didn't know what was happening on the screen. Like... He's still cutting the tree. How big is this thing? Holy shit. Yeah. Because it keeps zooming out. The camera keeps zooming out, and it's like yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger. The problem is uh, the scale of the tree uh, is not consistent throughout. So when we are first shown uh, the tree, when it kills the guys, and when it's about to eat guts, it, it's uh, like yeah. giant. It's uh, enormous. Uh, I mean, it's not seagull level, but it's pretty damn big. And then when he slashes it, what's crazy is just one slash, and you know you get all these. I think it's dust or smoke mm-hmm. going out, and I, as the sword keeps going in, it explodes in a kind of uh, you know a cloud of, of smoke or dust, yeah. and nothing is left. It just yeah, it's a really shitty effect. It makes no sense at all, as opposed to you know in the manga, the original, you, you know the tree had blood inside, and right. guts had to smash like small parts of it and stuff. It also, so it was I like it ruins that firewood line as well. <laughs> And yeah, I mean. So yeah, I'm, there's there's a bunch of things we could say about like this is this versus the manga. Like more for general impressions, it was just a very strange replacement for what should have been an apostle battle to immobilize guts to really like make him push, you know, mm-hmm. give it his all. Yeah. In the in and you know in volume fourteen, this tree lasts like four pages, and it's it's more of a fun romp for guts to like to see him yeah. kicking ass. It's not like a oh shit, guts' life is in danger. Like when he gets caught by the tree in volume fourteen. He like almost means to, so that he can expose, you know, the guy's open mouth yeah. and cannon. It's not a matter of like life or death for him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's actually just the reintroduction of guts yeah. as the introduction of Jill. Like that thing only serves that purpose. And yeah, the problem I have with it is, like you said, uh, this should have been an apostle fight. Yeah. I mean, uh, the conviction arc, it's got a very specific apostle, which is a Beherit apostle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very special case. It's like. You know, very specific, unlike any other apostle we've seen uh, before or since. And, uh, you know, I think it will stay unique to, to that section. So, here we've got, like, basically, apostles haven't been properly introduced. Like, even the Eclipse in the movies uh, did a pretty shoddy job of it. So, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, something's pretty big missing, like a big pillar of the series. And why, why is this guy... I mean, they could have just, I don't know... They might have well put the Snake Baron in there. Yeah, I was going to say, you know who a great apostle is that would make sense for all these various things is the Snake Baron. Yeah, sure. And, <laughs> and you know what was a great first episode? The 1997 series, episode one. So, Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, for all it did uh, wrong, uh, you know, that series, that first episode, like, it did such, like, the job it did was so much better than this one mm-hmm. that it's just, God. I mean, I've got a newfound respect for them, the guys who did that because you know I mean just it's it was so much less shitty yeah. <laughs> it's just simply that and I don't know I mean again I understand like you know we get to see Shuriken flow at the beginning right yeah and okay lots to you know about, I guess yeah I mean there's a there's a lake and the prophecy and Shuriken does mention the prophecy in volume 22 and like why not mm-hmm. but at the same time 
what's the point of introducing them so early? You know, like with, we, with we zero context. See, yeah, we get to see the Holy Iron Chain Knights, then we get to them, then we get to Puck and Isidro. Like you, you get all these guys introduced all at once, mm-hmm. and it's just like it, you know, it doesn't do them justice at all. Yeah. Like it should be one or two. I mean, even two guys, but not all of them. And especially since Shrek and Flora won't be seen again for quite a while. So well, probably not even in this particular series. I don't expect that to see them again. I actually, I think it'll be very weird if we do see them again, because I expect this to end with conviction. Actually, I don't know. I'm wondering if they're not trying to do the conviction arc in 13 episodes and uh, have the rest be mm-hmm. uh, Millennium Falcon. I think it's uh, it's possible. At the, the pace they're going, uh, of course, we can't be sure right now, but uh, yeah, it's... That'll be interesting. They'll have to completely remarket that section of the series because they've done zero marketing about that material right now at this point. Yeah, but I mean, what's the point, uh, you know, simply what's the point of introducing uh, Shuriken for us and if we ju- you just do the conviction arc, then really it, it makes no sense at all because yeah. they could have uh, kept them for the, you know, another season or for later on or whatever. Mm-hmm. The point is it already makes no sense to introduce them, you know, at this point. So if they did, it, I mean, I can't imagine they won't be shown again in, the, in this season. Otherwise it doesn't make any sense. There was a distinct lack of Skull Knight in the opening, but um, other than that, I, I actually really like the opening sequence. There are some weird faces if you pause and get screen grabs like I did, some goofy-looking moments, but I think it's because the animation is moving so quick and so all over the place that it's like kind of like spread thin, the kind of quality. But I actually really liked it. It left a good impression on yeah. me. And honestly, it's I think one of our earlier podcasts, I said what I expected from the Golden Age movies was a music video for Berserk. Like, that sounds really exciting. Like, a professionally done, quick highlight video of Berserk. Like, that's all I really wanted out of animation. And this opening touched on that for me. Like, it was just seeing all these, like, you know, big moments in the series done in a really, like, you know, hyper-compressed fashion. And I really liked that they pulled some similar visuals and, 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 you know, the framing was similar to the manga. It 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 left a great impression on me. I liked the opening a lot. I agree. Uh, The opening was the best part. Yeah, easily. I was super... I was surprised by how non-shitty it was. <laughs> like, like you said, the panels themselves. If you if you start pa- pausing the thing and looking throughout, uh, they're kind of gross. Like even there's one of Casca being uh, held up by the apostles, oh, yeah. and it's just like the way it's drawn is just ridiculous. So uh, and but yeah, was that, yeah, that, I mean, that Casca? Uh, yeah, there's one of her. Uh, I you mean, sh- you know, sure it was Casca? No, yeah, you. <laughs> okay, you're talking about the fact uh, she's been uh, whitewashed, uh, uh-huh. which is like a strange choice. I mean, I have no comment on this except I hope it's just in the intro and not in the actual episodes she'll be in because uh, I think there'll be an outrage if it is. And again, I mean, it's a kind of change that makes no sense at all. Like, you know, her s- skin color. You know, I mean, it's just there's no debate. She has got dark skin. There's no point in changing it. So I don't know. I mean, it would make no sense. Would make no sense. So yeah, cool. So I've got to wrap up, but I wanted to get some. Uh, I guess looking forward impressions. Like, did this episode suck the wind out of you for the future series? Because for me, like, I'm just kind of left where I was when I started. Like. This didn't do anything more or less than I expected, honestly. Like, it kind of just met my expectations. I'm not, like, super down on episode two, nor am I super excited about it. I just kind of, like, think it'll be a little less shitty in terms of pacing now that they've gotten this really rocky section that they've, you know, created out of the way. 
yeah, it's kind of the same for me. Uh, I, I had really low expectations, and uh, I mean, this I'm not sure this met them or not. It's just it was shitty, mm-hmm. so I'm not happy with it. But I'm not necessarily disappointed either because I really expected it to be shit. And the next one, I don't know. I feel like it uh, it will be a mess. But yeah, m- maybe uh, by the third or fourth episode, it will be uh, less uh, rocky, like you said, more straightforward, more faithful. We'll see, but to be honest, e- even like just from a visual point of view, uh, it's so so bad. I don't expect I don't expect too much from it. Uh, mm. Honestly, I, uh, I'm just waiting for it to be over. Basically, I- I'm watching because I'm a Buzzard fan, so I kind of I-, I didn't really think about this until now. But you know, the problem I had with the Golden Age throughout, in addition to all the other problems I might have had with it, but it didn't have much of a reason to exist because the Golden Age had already been adapted fairly well by the TV series. This at least is forging a new path with material that has not been animated. So it does have that going with it, going for it kind of by default. You know, it, it you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's up to it to fail or succeed. It's not up to any other comparisons. It's by itself out there in new animated material. So that's a positive, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you say, at least it's not just retreading the same thing again and again. Mm-hmm. But that being said, to me, what's paramount is the quality of the adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like you said, the Golden Age movies didn't have a reason to exist. I think if you're not going to adapt the story faithfully and to do it justice, then it also, you know, doesn't have a reason to exist. If you're not going, you know, like a guy said uh, in the thread, uh, maybe they want to get to the incarnation. Because of Femto, because uh, that's what will bring in viewers or whatever. But I mean, if you're going to skip the Black Souls Monarch, the Lost Children chapter, everything, and just uh, rush through to get to that, I mean, what's the point? What's the point? It's 20 volumes of series. I mean, if even if you cut out uh, Golden Jack, it's still a lot. And, you know, I feel like the Black Soulsman, you know, Guts as a Black Soulsman, that's uh, really the core of Berserk. So and we're already past that. You, it's done. Yeah, if you if you're not willing to do that justice at all, if you, all you care about is uh, Femto's incarnation and then I don't know the Million Falcon arc, I mean, why why bother doing yeah. this? Because you're not going to be doing the Million Falcon arc any justice either. I mean, that's for sure. That's already guaranteed. Yeah. And uh, I think that's just just one thing. I'd say in conclusion is that I'm not very confident that they'll do. The conviction arc uh, any justice at all even if it's easier to adapt even if they're less strapped for time even if they don't have to uh, mingle up stuff weirdly I still think they, they managed to mess up because it's it's just I don't know it's a matter of competence I guess uh, when you're good you're good when you're bad you're bad I don't think these guys are good that's it okay We'll have more to say in the thread, and I'm sure we're going to harp on this in the future podcast, but I wanted to get a really quick impression on, you know, fresh fresh takes on this uh, episode. So thanks for tuning in, and Azil, thanks for joining me. No problem. No problem.